everyone, welcome back to the Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Ionescu and I am your host, and today we're joined by a very special guest, a very old friend of mine, Narcis Ardelian. Narcis, how's it going today, man? Hey, Marcus. It's good to be here. <laughs> I'm definitely nervous, but I'm excited. It's a gift to be able to steward this time and hold this space with you. Um, so I'm doing well, man. I'm over here in Colorado. It's about to give me low 60s, and uh, we had a huge record-breaking snowstorm early this week, so it's good to finally get some warmth and some sunshine. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. I it's I know we've been kind of talking last couple of months to, to set something up. Uh, you know, re- recently reconnected a couple of months ago, and we're, we're going to talk about your whole you know journey over there later in the episode. But I'm excited to do this with you, uh, and uh, I think it's going to be a very fruitful conversation for um, a lot of listening ears out there. But uh, before we jump into anything, um, I do want to make uh, a couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, you can follow us for any and all updates on our Instagram page at the Potter's House. The email is also tagged over there in the profile, thepottershouse at gmail.com if you want to reach out. Um, also, uh, whether you listen to, um, you know, we're available on Spotify, we're available on Apple Podcasts, other platforms as well. Uh, but if you have an iPhone, please tap that purple icon, that podcast app that directs you to iTunes, which is the Apple Podcast. Scroll down, tap the stars, uh, really help the exposure of the show. And uh, I know I've, I've talked to a couple of people out there saying that they can't do that. Um, their app is not working, but you probably have to update your phone. That's my best guess. If not, uh, I mean, try, try whenever you can, but uh, you can tap the stars. And also you can leave a written review uh, if you want, and I will read those live uh, on the podcast episode. And we for this week, we do have a new written review, and uh, it's written by uh, David Balaj saying, uh, worth the listen. And then he says, um, I've heard about this podcast from friends, but I never tuned in until yesterday. Marcus is a mutual friend, but our acquaintance doesn't delve much deeper than that. So I do not write this review as a favor to him, but this is my unbiased opinion. I listened to the episode with Slavic about the types of churches, and I found it very interesting and biblically sound. I think Marcus did an excellent job of keeping the discussion focused and constructive Slavic also had wonderful insight. It's rare for me to sit through the sit through and listen to two people for over an hour, but I did just that, and I think that speaks louder than this review. We'll be listening again. Well, thank you, David. I appreciate uh, you tuning in. I appreciate the written review. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of us were, were big fans of yours with the work that you were doing um, with your videos. I think uh, consider you a pioneer in in using the online platform to kind of bring the remaining community uh, together so uh you know it's thank you for paving the path for that and i appreciate the the written review it's uh it's really encouraging but um if you want to leave a written review please do read it out on the episode and that's that now let's jump back in um not just before we talk about the subject of the episode uh for those people who don't know you out there why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself yeah, um, my name is Narcis, or my non-Romanian friends, they call me Narcis, and it's uh, it's kind of a burden sometimes, because I'll go to Starbucks, and they're like, wait, like, Narcissus, or like, Narcissus, <laughs> like the Greek god, I'm like, uh, yeah, but no, <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, my name is Narcis, um, so I'm currently residing in Denver, but a little bit more about my backstory, I grew up in Chicago, um, I also grew up in one of the Romanian Pentecostal churches over there, um, had a pretty 
uncanny uh, young adult experience where I, you know, I did go to college. I graduated with a degree in marketing, went to the business school at DePaul in Chicago, had an amazing experience there. Um, I definitely recommend undergrad, you know, but that's probably a whole nother conversation. But um, <laughs> yeah, I graduated in 2017. And then I had this like two month period of like, what am I supposed to do with my life? I don't really know what I'm doing. Like I'm trying to find a job, you know, I'm getting final round interviews at these S&P 500 companies. Uh, one crazy story, I won't go into it, but basically like had so much favor from the Lord with people in, in at Salesforce, made it to the final round interview. I actually got to skip an interview because I, I was able to leverage a connection that I knew and like you know, you have those conversations like, hey, I actually have another offer on the table. And so they kind of like expedite the process and made the final interview, like got home two hours later, woke up from a nap, like, hey, sorry, we're not like no longer going to consider your candidacy. I'm like, dang, that sucks. So like, right. <laughs> I'm in this turmoil of like getting into these final interviews, not getting jobs. I I'm trying to find I'm trying to rest because I just graduated. And it's like this paradox, like I I'm not doing either or. And then I had like jokingly applied to this small Bible college over in Dallas called Christ for the Nations. Uh, my brother Daniel had just finished his first year there. And so I was like, you know what, fine. Like, Lord, if I, I'll apply, if I get accepted, maybe I'll go. And then halfway through that summer, I get accepted. And I'm like, do I find a job? Do I just take a vacation? Do I go to this Bible college? And within a span of like three or four weeks of getting accepted, I packed up my bags and I went, drove with my brother all the way to Dallas. And I spent the next two years in Dallas at that small Bible college called Christ for the Nations uh, Institute. And so pretty uncanny uh, postgraduate experience, spent about two years there, um, came across um, the upper room, didn't necessarily want to go there at first. Uh, uh, it was a funny story. I remember during my second year, I've gone there a couple of times already at that point. And um, I remember that, like the Lord kind of just whispering to my heart, like, hey, why don't you start coming here? And I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> uh, there are quite a handful of students from the Bible college that were going there. And I was like, I'm like, I don't want to come here because of hype. You know, maybe it's the Enneagram for me of like not conforming. Um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> or maybe the challenger. I don't know. I'm debating if I'm a four or eight. It doesn't matter. Whatever. And, <laughs> um, and so I just, I, yeah, long story short, like I just felt like the Lord was just inviting me to start serving the house, start attending and then serving the house. And so that's what I did. Um, and then an hour, a year later, um, in what, 2019, the fall of 2019, I did a two month internship with the church where I originally thought it was going to be in Dallas, um, but they moved it that like maybe two months before, like, hey, we decided we're going to go do it in, in Denver at the upper room in Denver. And it, same, same, like, apostolic leadership you know just two different campuses um so i was like all right lord i feel like you're you're inviting me there and so i i did the residency the two-month internship it's a lot it's very prayer residency or um, worship oriented and then i finished that and the beginning of 2020 was wrestling i was this in between transition season of like what do i do like do i stay in chicago do i move to dallas do i go to denver and opportunity to work came up in Denver and I was like, okay, let's do it. So I did a six month internship that turned into a full-time job in September. And so since then I've been working full-time and just, I've been attending the upper room Denver and just kind of working my way through planting and just like uh, building like a lot more intentional relationships. And what does it mean to do life with people 
um, that, you know, beyond the scope of just being Romanian. Um, and so that leads us to where we're at right now. And uh, what, where do we go from here? What, are we going to dive into the subject? And uh, yeah. <laughs> no, because, uh, you know, I'll, well, I'll start, I'll start from like the beginning. So um, yeah. you, as a matter of fact, are actually one of my oldest non-Southern California friends. Yeah. You're yeah, like one of the first people that I met outside of my community here in, uh, in Orange County. And, um, I think, yeah, I think the first time, because obviously, you know, you grew up in, in my, uh, in my uncle's church in Chicago. Uh, but you came, I think, was it with the, did you come with the men's choir? I think it was, uh, it was the men's choir first for a weekend. Yeah. And then like two months later, the girls choir from my church ended up exactly um, was there. And I was, I was drumming for those who don't know, I was drumming for the girls choir. I was singing with the men's choir. Yeah. I, I'm glad for that clarification. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is he with the girls choir? <laughs> <I was drumming. laughs> uh, but no, no, no. Like that's when we first met. And this was like, was it 2000? This was like 10 years ago, maybe like eight, nine, 10 years ago. Uh, and this is like, right when I was like, before I started going to youth conferences and meeting new people and kind of just getting out there. Uh, so, you know, we go <laughs> way back and then, um, you know, you're obviously, uh, or you were at the time, like, you know, pretty social outgoing guy, pretty well known through the community. You'd travel a lot, you'd meet new people, um, mm. you know, it'd come very easy to you. So uh, a couple years back when you did end up uh, moving to Dallas and then, uh, and then to Denver, um, as you stated earlier, uh, a lot of us, you know, a lot of us were thinking like, man, what happened to Nachis, man? He just like fell off the face of the earth. It's like, where he's is he at now? He's in the world. <laughs> it's like, where is he now? Like he was here and then he's not. And then uh, all of that. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's nice to hear that, uh, you know, God's been working in those few years that you were at the Bible college in Dallas. And then obviously yeah. where you're established now in, in Colorado, I think that's great. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad that, even though you you've set up, God's put placed you over there. You still have time to come visit our community. Uh, I know we recently reconnected in uh, Arizona over New Year's, so that mm-hmm. was uh, that was nice to 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 see you there. And I'm glad that through that we were able to record this episode. But I'm glad yeah. to hear everything's all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but speaking of, uh, you know, we haven't really addressed the topic of, the, of this episode yet. It's just been a conversation, but. Basically, what we're talking about is uh, actually. Well, why don't you tell us w- what this episode is going to be at Nachi's? Just, just, just so uh, we can hear yeah. from your perspective. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I think that the topic is very broad in nature, and it can go so many different directions. Um, but at at the core, it's it. We're going to really talk about community and how do you foster um, culture within community within your friend group group that no matter what season you are in life, whether it's in your work environment, in your family, in your friend group, in your church, in your youth group, like how do you um, how do you pioneer and cultivate a specific type of culture? Um, specifically like kingdom culture and a culture of honor and or an art like a culture of confrontation and confrontation like a, a culture of love, you know, all these different things that's like oh it's important, right? And so like basically fighting for people to be seen and known and sustain, like how do you sustain um, healthy boundaries in communication? And by no means am I an an expert on the topic, Um, but I know that there's certain key things in my story that I I do believe the Lord has taught me. And and it's been affirmed and confirmed by other people that I'm doing life with. 
Um, I, I remember this past week, you know, we talked last week of like brainstorming the topics and I was like, damn, I need some more perspective. And so I was just kind of interviewing like Andrew Valian and then some, some of the girls from, uh, is Patri Rafi and Damaris and just some other people in the remaining community of like, okay, I've been gone for three years. Like what's everyone's actual perspective of community right now. So I know how to dive in and like find a thread. Right. Um, and then being able to like, I'm going to kind of explore a little bit my own story at CFNI being an RA, um, overseeing about 30 men and uh, what the Lord did on, on that floor. And then kind of talk about like present reality of, you know, um, just like finding family within, within church. Um, what does it mean to be vulnerable? What does it mean um, to, to be seen and to be fully known and invite people to love you in, in, in those, in, in your deepest mess, you know? Um, so yeah, super broad, but <laughs> all encompassing community and like interpersonal relationships, I guess. Um, so, so yeah. <laughs> so, so with your background, what we were discussing is that using this topic, we want to take your experiences from growing up in our remaining community and then what, what community you're placed in now, take those two experiences and then kind of juxtapose those two experiences, see what the difference is and see what we need to do if we, you know, let's say we grow up in this type of community that we're in right now, um, what happens and how do we cultivate that once God calls us somewhere else and God pl- places us somewhere else? We're mm-hmm. used to, we're used to being related to half of our con- congregation. We're used to seeing them all the time outside of uh, Sunday service. But when we're in a new environment, things are different. Pe- the people are different. The culture is different. Um, so we're going to talk a bit, of, a little bit about that today, but I do want to start off with um, kind of our experiences growing up in the remaining community, how you're able to cultivate the culture from there and build uh, not only community, but personal relationships. So uh, what are like some personal experiences that you remember over the years that really, <laughs> that really reflected that? Yeah, I Great question. I love the way you worded that. Um, <laughs> I, I have some things in my notes of just kind of preparing and honestly some of the key things uh, that i remember w- have been these conferences these conventions um both the youth conventions and then you know the the big convention as everyone would call it just like the whatever the one that everyone goes to um and honestly it's just those are some of the most memorable moments like i certainly have moments like with my own specific youth group like growing up i remember like one time um i think we rented like the those like we did bubble soccer one time and I don't know if anyone from I think maybe like Nick Silvas who might remember this or my brothers but like <laughs> I went to like Prozo Park the Romanian uh the Romanian park in, in Lincoln went over there just like you know like pioneering like hey like what do you guys think about this like what, what would be some fun things that you guys want to do and just kind of brainstorming with them inviting like the guys the dudes of the youth group um and I'm not saying this, like I wasn't segregating a woman, like the girls as guys. It's just like, I'm a dude and I have a voice and influence with the guys right here. I don't really have a voice of influence for the girls, you know, like, um, and so I just kind of leveraged that and was like, hey, actually let's let's do bubble soccer. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be ridiculous. Found this crazy group on, you know, it's super cheap. Like everybody just pitching $5. And we'll just do bubble soccer for like two hours. And honestly, don't ever do it on a very warm day. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> you're like two minutes in, you're just like sweating and just like can't even breathe into, in, the, in the bubble. Um, and, but, you know, kind of directing a little bit more to these conventions. I, I think it was 
um, I think it's 2015 or 2016, the Portland convention. I remember um, just kind of debating if I was going to go to New York that year or Portland. And, um, and I remember just kind of sitting and like talking to the Lord almost like, and, you know, in retrospect, I didn't know I was necessarily like talking to the Lord, but I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, I, and I was like, I was straight up just having a conversation with the Lord. And, um, and I remember just kind of like faith rising up of like, man, like, I don't really like, so I just came from Arizona. I met people from Sacramento and that like, same thing, right? When I came to Chicago, like when I came to California and you met me, it was like, well, there's other Romanians, right? Yeah. And when I met those guys from Sacramento while I was in um, Arizona, it just kind of blew my mind of like, man, there's so many more Romanians that I don't even know. And I was just sitting and thinking, and I was like, God, like, I want to go to Portland, but I don't really know anyone there. Like, where am I going to stay? And um, again, it was that underlining thing of like, man, there's like, there's probably so many more people that we can connect with and just get to know. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go in faith. I just bought my ticket. And I was like, if it's going to work, it's going to work. And long story short, I remember starting a group chat with some of you guys from from your church. And I think it was uh, John, John Cognac. He was like, hey, uh, why don't we ask Marius if he can like stay with his cousins or whatever. And I'm like, yes, I was just hoping someone would speak up, like advocate for me. And uh, he did. And I just remember that weekend staying with you guys. And uh, it just blew my mind, bro. There are so many more people on the West coast in the Romanian, like young adult youth community than the East coast. Um, and like, I, I don't know what came over me, but like, <laughs> uh, any person that I had longer than like a five minute conversation with, and it was like actual genuine, we were connecting. Um, I remember writing like on, on, on my notes on my phone of like, this person's name, this is what we talked about. And so that when I would see them throughout the weekend, I'd be like, yo, like Josh, what's up? Like Joshua and Essie was one of those people. Like the first time we, we'd met, I had like an actual genuine funny conversation. I wrote a note and then throughout the weekend, I was like, I just activated a way to remember who they were instead of forgetting the names because I actually like found a sense of connection with that person, guy or girl, you know? And not even like trying to find a girl type motive, but just like, dang, like you're, you're legit. Like you're awesome. Let's, let's stay connected, stay connected. And um, there's something silly like that where I think it kind of pioneered this, um, just this desire for connection, but also to, almost create, create and hold space for people to feel seen and known. And I, w I think it was like Cali Youth Convention the next year. And then like, like Bethany uh, in Chicago hosted the big convention in Arizona, there's another big convention. Like these next couple of events where um, like no one told me to, or like, like I didn't have necessarily uh, a leadership position, but I just knew like, <laughs> it's gonna be a little funny but like I just knew who was like popular influential and so I remember starting these group chats of like 15 to 20 people we'd max them out you know the thing is like 20 25 people max in like the green group chat you know yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> or no they were all blue but still it's a limit of like 25 and so hey we bleed blue over here um <laughs> and um just remember starting these group chats of like people that I knew that man if like I don't really have the pull to invite like XYZ, these type of people, but I know that I'm close with at least that person. If this person comes then I know that five or 10 other people would consider going or would commit to going. 
And so it was just kind of really intentional of just sitting back of like, okay, who do I want to like, how, how can I spread the awareness of this? And the entire motive of these plannings of like, these like someone show up, we would show up at a house and it'd be like 200 people. We'd show up at a restaurant, like a hundred plus people. And it really came from a place of not necessarily for me to be someone or for me to be that guy, but it was a lot more motivated on like more of like the pain and the grief I felt for those who didn't like have somewhere to go or they felt maybe disconnected or, or unseen, you know? And in the moment, I didn't have the language for it, but looking back, I, I remember specifically just kind of like seeing people like, like, or hearing people like, what do we do? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, we're just going to hang out in the lobby because we have nothing else to do. And we'll just like talk to whoever else is in the lobby. And I think there's a, you know, there's a, there's a point of that where it's cool and like people get to meet each other because they don't have plans, you know, but like, hey, send out these text messages of, um, hey, this is, some of us are doing this. You are more than welcome to join. If you already have plans or like your click is too cool for school and like you want to do your own thing, like that's fine. Like no obligation, but we'll be here. And uh, I think there's a lot to be said on that of like creating space for people to come where they can be themselves, um, where they can like actually connect and not feel forgotten. But also it's like really pioneering, like from the leadership standpoint, for those who are committed to showing up, commit and show up and be on time and not operate on Romanian standard time you know? <laughs> um, just being 15 minutes to 30 minutes late, which it happens, you know, but um, it's, again, it's just that like those stories um, really point to the bigger picture of like creating space um, and for the unseen, for the forgotten, for those who feel disconnected to actually have a place where they can connect and feel, feel like somebody, you know, and it, and I'm like even getting a little emotional thinking about it because like they matter, you know, um, and and it's it's easy to it's easy to overlook, man. And um, especially like there's so many different social hierarchies and that's kind of normal um, in larger group settings. And and I don't know, I guess there's a lot to be said on that. But case in point, <laughs> like I was about to go like a deep emotional spiral, but the, the point of that is just like, I, I bring that up because it's, it was a tactic of an intentionality of just like holding space for people to just come and feel seen and connected. Um, and, and I just kind of want to take some time to like call out those influencers, maybe not by name, but like, um, you mean you kind of know you know who you are like you have influence like you just show up like literally all you need to do is send a text and there's like a guaranteed five to ten people that are going to show up like you you have favor you have grace over your life to be a pillar and a catalyst for community for connection and so like if you're listening to this and that resonates with you i just want to like affirm that like the lord sees you and like, you're important to your community. And I think sometimes like, sometimes it's easy to like, to just get bogged down by like, just just by shame of like, no, like I'm really not that important. And, and or like on the opposite spectrum of like, man, like get over yourself, you know, like <laughs> don't be cocky, don't be arrogant. Don't think like, oh, this is like, we're all connecting because I made these plans. like. Like get out of yourself, you know, <laughs> like get over yourself. Um, yeah. and so it's just like, man, if if you have influence, man, there's people that look up to you, like be it younger, be it old. And like 
honestly, I, I'm probably gonna, I'm, I'm gonna name drop and like, I think one person like over the years that has kind of marked me with consistency of character, with consistency of showing up and just kind of being a beacon of hope, honestly, is like, is, is like CJ Mihulets. And I'm just so impressed by him. And it's just like, he's like the epitome of that. what I'm saying. It's just like, you're an influencer. People look up to you. You're consistent. You're not mean. And like, um, and I'm not putting like CJ on a pedestal idolizing him. I'm just saying like, like that as an example. Um, and there's other people, there's like Josh Hennessy, there's Edward Mullivan. There's like, you don't have to be a guy either. I just can't think of any girls like Andrea Bonjohn in Tennessee. Like you guys are pillars of hope. And so like, yeah, I, I, I you know, I can go just, I'm just saying the same thing over and over again at this point, but like, man, just understand your, your, your voice, you know, your, your position of influence in that, you know, you didn't, you didn't earn it, you know, like there's yeah. grace and there's favor in your life. And there's a lot to be said about like, man, if you show up and show up and build, like, just be consistent, people will naturally trust you, you know? And if anything, man, we're on a tangent, but like, if anything, like if it's a gift when people entrust their heart to you and you actually like, there's a responsibility to that. And so if you find yourself in that position of influence where like people are showing up because you're sending a text, like people are confiding in you, um, that like you're not entitled to that they they trust you and we'll talk about that a little bit later when we get into tips but um yeah i just felt like an urgency of just kind of empowering those people but also just reminding them like that responsibility is a gift and you you get to steward it it's not a burden absolutely yeah and And uh so like whatever (laughs) (laughs) um by the way, if you heard your name being dropped this episode, you are automatically obligated to share this with ten people you know. Just, just saying, uh, that, 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 that's your payment. That's 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 that, that, that you're charged that amount. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I'm glad you brought that up because I think you're right. There are people who have who are blessed with um, <clears throat> like a position of influence, and you can be. I mean, you don't have to go to Instagram and see how many followers you have to see if you right. qualify. You could be a youth leader in your church. You can be a leader of a small group. You could be uh, maybe a mentor to some of the younger youth who are growing up right now. So if you have that position, you always have the opportunity to create a space for people to kind of feel welcomed and feel like they're a part of the community. And and like you said, there's there, there's that the, the two-spectrum um, thing where it's, sometimes you can kind of get on a high horse and sometimes you don't think you're worthy enough. And while I do believe there's a fine line to walk through it, um, make sure you, you fix that about yourself. Cause it's, it's important that we need, that we get these things done. And it, and it, and it, make, and it makes a, it makes a big difference. You know, I would say years back, I felt, you know, like me personally, I wasn't as social. I wasn't as connected and I kind of felt a little more on the outside and people like you, not some other people were like, welcoming inviting me and kind of got me got me more connected and i i'm really appreciative now you know in retrospectively looking back mm-hmm. you know it, it had a big impact on my life and um mm-hmm. i mean now with the podcast i try to avoid people but it's a different story <laughs> um but yeah d- don't bother me no, i'm kidding i'm kidding guys. um i'll invite but, you <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't ask i'll invite <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> but um, but but yeah, it's I, it made a big impact on my life, and I think doing that for other people in our community can make a big impact on their life because, man, like I'm not one to talk about you know mental health, and I I, I don't really dive too much into depression and anxiety or whatever but a lot of young kids especially in this internet age where they're exposed to so much junk and like so many spiritual influences over the internet social media all that they're oppressed so much with all these different things and you don't you never know what someone's going through you never know what their struggles are and uh it's it's always important to be that person that beacon um, you know, that, that reflection of Christ, that embodiment of Christ here on earth to kind of guide them and show them and welcome them and kind of bring them along for the ride. So, um, yeah, again, I never expected to say this whole thing right here, total tangent, but I'm glad we went to this, uh, we got to this point because I think it's important. I think it's important for people to hear out there and to, to address and to, and to just apply to their lives. I think it's, it'll be very beneficial if we have this mindset going forward. Um, but there's one experience going back talking about the experiences of the conventions. There's one thing I did want to bring up because we talked about it last week. Um, speaking of sending texts, we had this house party in L- at the LA Youth Conference in 2017. Um, and I remember that you know you wanted to do this. You wanted to send texts to people. And you came up, I think it was me and Anthony, because we were talking to the you know the guy who, the guy's house, the only like mansion in, in this very expensive real estate, Southern California, whatever. Uh, the only guy who had the big house uh, wasn't as integrated so we were talking to him and then you asked like hey so are we having this or not and then we talked to this guy like hey is it cool and he's like yeah yeah yeah, no problem no problem like go ahead so then you send like god knows how many texts and if we're gonna count how many people showed up remember when we got those name tags uh, oh yeah <laughs> and we handed it out to the, at the front door now we uh-huh. bought a pack of 200 of those and we ran out oh shoot, and we no way. and we drove to like the cvs we were back within 15 minutes, and then we kind of went through another half box. So considering 200 plus 100 plus however many people showed up while we were gone, I mean, we had like a solid 400 people there. And the worst part about it is that the parents of that guy did not even know all those people were going to show up. He did not tell them. And we were uh, <laughs> we were we were politely asked to to leave the the premises at at a certain time, uh, but but that goes to show like how like like you said you have the opportunity to to send one little thing and then all these people hear about it and then it just creates a space uh, whether it's welcomed or not <laughs> creates yeah. a space for for people to gather. So I think that was a that was a definite highlight in uh, you know, in our experiences over the years. But yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's I'm always glad. right. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah <laughs> but it's just something that worked before you know and um obviously things would be much different like you know for those who are a little bit more concerned with like covid and all these different things i mean it's a very con- like concerning thing but um anyways um again like to that point like there's a certain responsibility of like it takes a lot of commitment so it's just like as someone that was sending that text, it wasn't just sending the text. It was like, okay, while being there, it's also about being a good host, you know, of like just kind of, you know, having the eagle eye over everything, eagle vision. I'm not referring to Nacho Libre here, (laughs) (laughs) the eagle powers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just like kind of scanning the scene because then, you know, there's a sense of responsibility that, I got to step into and not that like, 
well, look, look at me, I'm responsible for this. It's like, oh yeah, well, what if something breaks? You're responsible for that, you know? It's yeah. like, it's, it's taking, um, taking ownership in regards of like, okay, this is here. This is a sacred space. People are here. This is someone's house. This is a restaurant. How do I be intentional? Just kind of like casually weaving myself through it and just making sure everyone feels seen and so that they don't need to act out of like trying to get everyone's attention, but instead like, hey, how are you? Like, let's have a conversation for a couple of minutes. Like, where are you from? Like, what do you like to do? Like, what are you excited about? What are you learning? Like all these different things, like, like in, intentionally set aside time for that, you know? Um, and I think we obviously we'll probably need to do like a whole part two on like community in this podcast. But I just I would love actually to kind of move forward a little bit and talk a little bit about my experience while I was at CU and I. Sure. Um, and so I, I remember I was there for two years. I originally just wanted to be there for one year, ended up being two years. I say the Lord tricked me uh, into spending a second year, but that second year was actually so important for my heart to just grow and just kind of understand the Lord's character from a place of connection into Missy as him as a father. Um, and I'm still learning that. And um, basically like, I, I remember being an RA, um, resident assistant i think that's what it stand for i never really knew just or righteousness advocate some like cheesy christianese <laughs> <laughs> um it made me cringe so hard when i heard my friends say that um but anyways when i was an ra um my second semester i was like under someone else's leadership for that floor and then my entire second year i was invited by the dean of men to um oversee or supervise like a four of guys and we had about 30 or 35 um just regular students on there and i had two other ras under me um so i was like the lead ra and then two regular ras under me and i remember just like before the year started inviting the ras the two ras garrett and nathan um and was we were just like we had this big old chalkboard at the end of the board and like hey what do we feel like the um, was like on the lord's heart for these for these men for this semester and after just kind of like praying through it and just kind of soundboarding off one another, um, we just felt like the Lord was inviting us to cultivate a culture of honor. And, you know, that sounds cute. That sounds spiritual. It's very lofty. Um, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember um, just kind of praying and seeking the Lord on it. Like, and he just gave us for the month of like key things to activate or practice and i like think maybe for like the first month it was like it was half a month because it was started in august it was only like two or three weeks of that month but it was like being intentional about encouraging those around you was one thing um and i remember like we would have four meetings at the beginning of every month where we just kind of get together kind of recap the last month people can share like highlights lows whatever and it wasn't like mandatory um, I would say like what was really cool actually is that we usually had like a 67% outcome of like the guys on the floor. So we'd have like 20 to 25 guys show up in any, like any of these floor meetings. And um, that kind of speaks a lot to like leadership, you know, because normally on the other floors, it was like five to 10 guys out of 30 that would show up. And so, um, yeah, it was just a lot of grace and favor on our floor. Um, but again, like being able to review the month, preview the next theme of the month. And then like, what does that look like? You know, what does that look like practically? How do we do that with our friends? How do we do that with our family? How do we do that in our work and our classes? Um, and then like worshiping and, and like praying for one another, whether it's like 
just kind of speaking life, being encouraging to one another, all these different things, prophesying over one another. Um, it just kind of bears fruit of connection and intimacy and to, an, to a way where it's like, man, people don't need to, like the guys on my floor didn't need to have their guard up with me or the two other RAs because we were able to um, position ourselves in humility by inviting them in and like hearing them out. Like, I don't have it all together. Um, how are you guys doing? Like, what are you struggling with? How can we partner together? And even that whole question, like, what are you struggling with? I'll get into it later, but like, um, you know, emotional consent and then also like establishing emotional boundaries from a place of like leadership, but also as someone that's like, you're entrusting yourself to them. And so we're able to practice that in a healthy way. Um, and I just kind of want to like speak to that, like the intentionality of, hey, we're going to do like, we're just going to focus on this this month, like pursue it aggressively, but hold it loosely where like, I'm not going to like make sure everyone's do this. We're going to do this, but instead of like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to try to act like this, this way with one another so that, you know, by the time the month ends, there's testimonies and, and it's almost like the effect of the testimonies multiply because, um, because me as a, like, as a leader at the time, when I would hear like three or four guys on my floor share um, what's going on in their life, right? The struggles or things and all these other things. I have the information, but then I get to hear testimonies, how the Lord is working in their lives, what happened, the breakthrough they experienced, um, because we we're focusing on that specific, like practice of the month. Um, it's like a double testimony in the sense of like, to see what God did in that moment, but also me as their leader, knowing what they were wrestling with and how challenging it was, I got to see what the Lord was doing in their heart to deliver them, set them free, to empower them onto that like external expression of that act, you know? And it was just like really humbling. And so, um, yeah, I, I forget what I was like trying to say, but it's like, again, just like emphasizing that culture of honor in that space. Um, and, just like a quick side note too, um, like I'm just gonna be really honest. Like as a like I I definitely fell into that leadership trap of man. Like I I actually can't. There's like halfway through, um, I got caught up in this this idea of uh, oh I'm leading the floor. Like the guys can't know that I'm like struggling with this insecurity or this or that. You know, and it almost like I found like there was a month or two where like connection wasn't as close because I wasn't inviting them in to know me. And so it was more about like me being the leader and then like being the guys on my floor. And I just kind of want to speak to that real quick. Like that was, that was unhealthy leadership on my end because I, I wasn't operating in humility and vulnerability. Um, it's not that I have to like share all my junk with them, but like, because I felt the shame of like, no, they can't know me. It, it created disconnection and it withheld like deeper connection with them in the sense of like them getting to know me or being more present in the moment because I was a little isolated in my head and my heart. Cause I was like, no, they, they can't know that I'm not perfect, <laughs> you know? Um, and so just kind of want to speak to that a little bit. Like, man, if like anyone listening is like, like maybe in that space or have found themselves in that space previously, or like you're like, seeing patterns of that like like coming up uh like i just want to say like there's there's no shame and there's like no condemnation for those who believe christ you know like that i think it's romans 8 1 
Um, I could be wrong, hopefully I'm right. <laughs> um, but just like, I just wanna empower you, encourage you, like, um, it's okay. Like, just kind of validate your struggle a little bit, like it's real. Um, and I just like, I feel compassion and conviction towards you. Like, um, it's okay, like just get help, you know? Like, I, I just wanna call you out of hiding. If you're in a position of influence and you're kind of struggling and you feel like you're not worthy, um, I just want to just kind of speak to that and say like, no, the Lord loves you, um, unconditionally. And I just want to encourage you, like just in a practical, like practical wisdom, like seek out help from a mentor or something that you can trust and being like, this is where my heart is at. And it's it, 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 and like, I don't know who else to talk to. Um, come out of hiding. Seriously. It was like the first thing Adam and Eve did. They covered themselves. They were like afraid of the Lord's rejection. So they hid. And that's like the immediate, like, default like of sin you know it's just like to go in a place of hiding because of shame um but i just want to call you out of that and just say like um like the lord sees you he knows you um he's not intimidated by you um and it just kind of empower you to come out of hiding in humility and just ask for help yeah and it's it's tough um you know I, i hearing your story like that's something that i struggle with too um, kind of opening up if, if I'm in a position of leadership and it's not in a sense of like, you know, sometimes it's a sense of pride, like, oh, you don't want people to see that, um, you know, you have any weaknesses, you don't want to be vulnerable. Uh, but sometimes we have this thought and I think it's, it's pretty common in, in our background, um, that we don't want to seem that we're weak. So people may not get, you know, turned off and walk away and just, lose their hope in in leadership and in christianity or or whatever and it's it's almost like we're burdened with that but that's that's not necessarily our burden to bear that's i mean we we lead it up to god i think it's important like you said to build these relationships to allow like you said for people to come into your heart to know you yeah and if you're part of if you have a leader in your life and you start seeing certain imperfections in their life uh, you know, please understand, because I know we've, we've been kind of addressing the, the leader at this point, but if you're on the opposite end, please understand that no one is perfect. Right. That though that person cares about you, wants to do the best for you, um, you know, he or she, they're going to have their faults. And obviously the faults need to be addressed. Obviously they need to be recognized and they need to be do something about it. And most of the time they probably will be. But understand that no one is perfect and that together we grow. And if we're vulnerable with each other, we build this relationship, we'll have a closer knit body of christ a a much more healthy body that's ready to do a lot more work here on earth right right oh dude that you you hit a couple things it's just like you get so many different directions um (laughs) i'm pulling on some notes that i've had like conversations with friends leading up to this and so they're just said some really important things and um but just first real quick it made me think of like you know you said um you know, not, not every leader, like leaders aren't perfect. Even the people that have influence in your life, people that you've entrusted, people that you trust, you know, and even the whole topic of trust, man, it, it, it really comes down to like expectations and community, like, and communication and clarity, you know? Um, but I just want to hit that vein of offense, you know? Um, what is offense? It, it divides, like it's a fence in between you and the other person. And like, I think oftentimes, um, people get so offended because there's unmet expectation. There's, or there's expectations that don't get met. And when, when you 
actually choose to remain silent and not speak up or like all these even things like when things are ambiguous it's like the breeding ground for offense because there's expectations but they're not communicated and they don't follow through on your perceived expectation of that person um and then you get offended by a faulty reality that you projected on the other person when in fact like how are they supposed to know <laughs> like that was like the, the you know how your relationship with that person is gonna is gonna like follow through i don't know and i don't know <laughs> i just get irked by some of this stuff of like because uh, i've seen how it's affected me but also of like the silliness sometimes in the church or in relationships of like people getting really hurt um because of unmet expectations like in the midst of that like you got to ask yourself like what's valid you know like okay let's say the example of like i'm offended by this like um by this leader and i thought our relationship was you know a little bit closer but i don't really feel seen by them it's like okay there's there's elements that are probably valid and then other elements where it's like that's really lofty you probably just need to change your perspective and like i've learned that in a <laughs> in a very humble way through work my boss is also a spiritual leader. He's a mentor. Uh, he's well involved in the church I go to, and he's also my boss. And so there's like, I have had to wrestle through the um, the different emotional dynamics. And I was like really offended by my, my expectations and like in humility, thank God. Uh, he was very kind and just kind of reminded me of like, okay, well, let me know what's valid in this or where there's tension, there's, there's that gap of like, you know, your hope and what's real and all these different things, like what's valid. And then be honest with yourself and ask yourself, where do you probably need to change your perspective? And um, that transcends to whether you're like at work, people you're under, um, people you're friends with, people you're influencing. Like, I think it just kind of speaks to the value of communication, having open, honest and honorable conversation. Um, I know it's kind of way different direction. I don't even know where we're at at this point, but I just like, it just struck a chord when you were saying that because I was just thinking how, how offended like people can get. And um, yeah, uh, like the whole vein of like speaking the truth in love. Like, I think that's true, but there's also an, like a specific approach of kindness. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. I, that was a lofty thought. I didn't know where I was going with that. I can go a lot of different <laughs> directions, but it wouldn't be very clear. So let's it's make okay. it back clear. <laughs> I think the biggest challenge about this episode is for me to figure out what to title it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to find a few words that kind of <laughs> encompass the overall meaning that makes sure that, that, that that's including and in, you know everything that, that we talked about. But uh, no, I mean we're just addressing certain things, uh, experiences that you had now and how you know, from your background, you were placed in this new environment. And then mm -hmm. now you have this opportunity or you, you know, when you were an RA, um, you had this opportunity to reach out to these young men and kind of hear their story, hear their testimony, hear their struggles. Right. And at the same time, uh, open up yourself to them as well, kind of sh share your part too. So you're building that two-way street between uh, mentor and disciple. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think that's really important. And I think that was, um, something that we're not necessarily used to. And, and, and if we're plucked and placed in a certain environment such as this, sometimes we don't know what to do. We, we're, it, it's very foreign to us. We don't, we don't quite understand what the next step is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that kind of like 
leads on to the next section of like kind of where I'm at presently. And, you know, the intention of this podcast wasn't just like, here's Nachi's, let's talk about his life. But I'm hoping that like people are gaining like perspective. And honestly, like I think in terms of like whether I'm reading scripture and when I'm reading stories and I'm reading books or hearing other people's stories, like the key question that I have most times is like, what's going on in their mind? You know, like what's the emotional grid for your story? Like how were you able to process what went on in your life from that? And I think a lot of times it's probably because I was like deprived of it for so long, uh, but also like, I, I just want to understand, you know? So I'm kind of hoping that um, based off how the Lord has fathered me through some of these stories and experiences that um, people are going to gain clarity on like how to process things or at least get them to ponder and think differently um, or start a conversation. And I'm sure there's going to be their negative naysayers at the end of this podcast. of like, he was too emotional and all this and all this stuff. It's like, man, he's the Lord of our hearts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There were Kings that in, in, in Chronicles and just like, they love the Lord with like, with all their heart. And then there are other Kings that like, you know, love the Lord with their heart, but not all their heart. And then you see their lives the ladder, at the end of their lives, like they fell away and they worship other idols. Why? Because they didn't love the God with all their heart, you know? And so it's like the, like, I would say maybe the, the main topic here is like, yes, community, but really what it comes down to is like, how do we like, how do you love the Lord with all your heart through community and allowing community to love you, you know? And kind of leads to the next section of like, when I moved here in Denver, um, you know, within the remaining community, it's a lot about like going out, creating space for people to feel seen. Um, at CF and I, I was leading these guys, making sure like holding space, creating space for them to be honored. And then now I've like stepped into a place in a season of life where I almost feel like the Lord is kind of, you know, I, I didn't realize, realize until you just said your little your bit right there it was like, man, I'm kind of in a season of life where now I'm, I'm learning what it means to be seen and known and like respected and honored. And it's very offensive. Like God's love is, is offensive because it pursues without, um, without hindrance, you know? Yeah. Um, like I feel repulsed sometimes when I, like, when I gain clarity on how good he actually is or how much he really does love me. Why? Because it, 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 it like, it interrupts my perspective of myself. You know, like his word is higher. His love esteems way more than I could ever esteem myself. Or like, I don't know, like I could be in the middle of my junk and like in my head and I could just be interrupted with a thought like the Lord loves me beyond that. You know, like, are you sure you're still going to love me? Even if I like confess this to you, even though I'm like, this is happening. And you take that and then also you, like you do that with people. Um, and I think I'm really learning like, what it what it truly means um to be fathered by god and then also like what does it mean to actually genuinely be loved by people um and so i remember when i when i first moved to denver um right before moving to denver i was actually having a conversation with teo scorze uh it's pretty cool like we were trying to meet up and then like we were playing a lot of phone tag text tag whatever and i show up to the starbucks um right by my house and i get there and he's there. He's like, hey, this is cool. Let's talk. And so he just like took 30 minutes out of his time because we were planning the meet. It was like very spontaneous. And in that conversation, like the key takeaway was like, hey, wherever you go in life, wherever you transition, um, the, the thing that is most affected are people. 
And so it just kind of put me in a perspective of thinking like when Jesus says count your cost, yes, there's an like there's a logistics aspect, there's a financial aspect, you know, like where am I gonna move? Where am I gonna live? How am I gonna make money? But I think there's a very important emotional component to counting your costs that I think is often overlooked. And I kind of learned the hard way. Uh, I remember right before leaving, talking to Kevin Elba, uh, he's from Chicago. And I was like, hey, Kevin, this might be the last time I see you. I think I'm moving in a week because I was like kind of unsure when I was going to be leaving. And he was just like, oh. And I saw his face and I was like, oh, my heart. <laughs> like, what is this? And I just like felt the grief of like, wow, this is what it means to like count the cost emotionally, like understand who's leaving um, and, or like what you leaving and what's going on. And so in that, I felt a lot of comfort in the midst of like, you know, the grief from, of the Lord kind of encouraged me saying like, hey, wherever he sends you, like it's like a seed being planted in soil. And if the Lord has you somewhere in a specific community, um, it's almost like when seeds are buried, they're meant to die. Why? Because what's in them is going to grow and prosper. And so if there's an incorruptible seed within me, which is Christ, the hope of glory, and the Lord is guiding my steps into a new community, I'm invited to die to myself, be nourished by the soil, which is the community he's planting me in, so that what is in me, Christ in me, the character of Christ, can now properly and effectively be nourished and prosper in that place so that I can bloom and I can shine and I could just be who I am in the Lord from that place of being nourished by community. Um, and I think that's like the overarching, like maybe like main point here is like, there's, there is a, some of the conversations I had with people in this was um, like convenience versus actual commitment, you know, like, you showing up to like conventions or like the pizza night or youth group or like this church event because it's 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 fitting it's convenient to your agenda you know and i think oftentimes and i'm still working on this of course like i'm having not perfect in this but the whole idea of like hey some of us are going out you know and then the immediate response is like who's going <laughs> you know because yeah. <laughs> then, then like your motive is about yourself and like uh, you know, there's an element where, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's probably important for you to assess who's going for your own heart. But if like your consistent motive is like, oh, I don't want to go because this person's going or like, they're not cool enough, then there's probably something you need to address in your heart of like humility, because um, in terms of humility, because there's, there's the element of going to take from those people versus you going to go lay your life down you know, and that is love. Love lays its life down so that others can gain and prosper. And that is the expression of Christ. You know, I think that's what it means to make Jesus known within community. It's actually laying your life down, not for your own gain or benefit, um, but for the benefit of others. And, and when I say that, I don't mean like, like, spread yourself so thin that you're committing to everything and you have no time for yourself that's actually self-deprecating and unhealthy like and that'll just cause you to spiral out and you fall into sin patterns because like i don't know what's going on i feel so thin blah 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 and you find yourself in sin but the reality is you just need to say no to some commitments so you can actually get some proper mental emotional attention towards yourself <laughs> i'm laughing but like i've done it so many times you know um and it's just again like it, the, the emphasis here is not to like 
humility and honoring people is it doesn't look like self-deprecation like it's not like oh like um putting yourself down to lift someone up like honor is actually like acknowledging and affirming those people it's not i'm gonna put myself lower so they look bigger it's wow you're doing amazing like i'm just gonna honor you put you up and not in a pedal stool but just like uh it's kind of hard because it could be misinterpreted in so many different ways and misconstrued, but this idea of like affirming and validation versus flattery and manipulation, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. it all like boils down to the power of your tongue and, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so like, you like, that's why heart health is so important. Like if you're offended or if you don't feel seen, like you need attention, like you, you feel deprived of those things and you're not like, stewarding your emotional well-being it comes out in your speech and i don't know like i just i've seen and heard and it's it's happened to me where like people are trying to flatter me or all these different things and it just doesn't like it doesn't sound or even like almost like it tastes your words it's like you're trying to flatter me like that's not that's not empowering that's manipulative you know so that yeah. You're like, oh, wow, what was he? He's amazing. But really what you're doing, you're projecting a lack of self-worth and confidence in, like, from a place of insecurity of like, oh, you're, you're like reinforcing that judgment on yourself by saying, I'm amazing, like trying to flatter me. But really, you just feel small, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot to be said there. And maybe people will disagree and that's fine. I'm still wrestling through that. Um, but again, like, I, I don't know, like, bringing it back like it comes down to like convenience versus commitment and this idea of like laying your life down for community um so that others can prosper <laughs> dude that was like a whole tangent i'm looking at my notes i'm like where did that come from <laughs> <laughs> no but i it's important to to establish because if you want a a prosperous community in christ you have to have a an environment of affirmation. And like you said, the encouraging, affirming type, not the flattery and manipulative. Uh, and it's important to know the difference between the two, but we have to, we have to understand that we have to know because, um, if you're not, a lot of different things can, can stem from that. But, um, no, I think, it, I think it was a good point that you made, but, um, you know, based off your experiences with growing up in, in this community and then kind of having to change into another one, um, what are some tips they have for people? Because a lot of, I would say a, a majority of the listeners are the people that came from our background um, who were kind of used to this community. And then maybe once they're kind of out of their comfort zone, they don't really know what to do. Um, mm -hmm. But what are some uh, practical tips that they can apply to, to their lives um if 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 they're ever confronted with with the situation yeah oh dang dude <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i think the first tip that kind of comes to my mind and this is probably going to be the longest of, of all the few tips but um it's this idea of like um dang um i think a couple <sighs> thing <laughs> sorry just a couple things that come to my mind and i'm trying to feel them before i say them because i think they're really important to me um and i don't want to come from a place where it's going to be misinterpreted because like everything i'm about to say is not an attack 
it's really not. It's just like my experience and my story and like things I observe. But um, I, I just recognize that, you know, we grew up in a church setting where um, at least my experience has been, you know, um, don't make friends with people in your school, in the world, they're going to be a negative influence. And there's an element to that where that's, it's valid, you know? Um, and then you get to the point of like, maybe don't go to American churches because you're going to get indoctrinated. And it's, it's really this like, Hey, the Romanian church where we do it the right way. And it's not just a Romanian church. I have, I have Korean friends. I have other like Polish friends that have experienced the same thing. Right. And, and, and I like kind of grieved over this and, you know, people might have different opinions and maybe say I'm emotional or whatever, but like the reality is, is that what that produced was um, disconnection from people outside the church. And then you take it a second degree of disconnection from people that genuinely love the Lord, but they're not Romanian. Um, and so I found that it, it was actually a big challenge to connect with people being here in Denver that aren't, I don't have that fundamental uh, experience of being Romanian or can't relate to them based on conventions and like mutual connections. And it made it really hard for, for a while to establish genuine connection um, and to be seen. It's just like, uh, I don't really know because I wasn't encouraged to cultivate relationship with people outside the Romanian church. Um, even more so like when I play volleyball at the park and I meet like random strangers, like how do I actually like connect with them? And it's not that I'm trying to be like the world or change myself. I know there's a serious like concern from a leadership standpoint of like going out, like don't be like, they're going to go be doing this. They live this type of lifestyle. So you can't like necessarily like connect with them or like live with them or all these different things. And so I just find like a lot of like, grief in that space and so i think some like maybe tips or like i think something kind of speak to that is just like trust the sincerity of your heart when you go to connect with people and like you're you're going to grow up in the lord and in your relationship where man just like walk in that place of confidence and know that your heart's right with the lord um and so like branch out meet people that are different gain different perspective um, that's like the immediate thing, like on a, on a personal, interpersonal level. And so I, I don't know if that was me venting as a little bit different. Um, but I think, no, like that, that's the thing, like the, just, the, the juxtaposition of like Romanian inclusive, um, you know, or exclusive versus, you know, a, a multi-ethnic, multicultural church setting, the pros and cons, right? The Romanian church has a lot of pros, like so consistent, bro. They're going to show up. You're going to know what's going to happen. And that's safe. Like that breeds um, just like safety for people to come in and come out knowing that things are going to happen. Um, a pro that I experienced from the multi-ethnic, multicultural church has been like, wow, there's like, maybe we didn't have similar backgrounds, but we're like purely connected. Like our unification, like what unifies us is Jesus, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that's not happening in the Romanian church, but I think it can be uh, misconstrued or forgotten that like, hey, we're here not because we're Romanian, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because we're pursuing the Lord. And I think that's the fundamental principle of like the underlining bedrock of community or sustained community is is the pursuit of Jesus after above all things and like being committed to one another in that pursuit, you know? Um, but yeah, let me dive into some like maybe practical steps. And, and I think um, a set emotional boundaries, um, be very clear in, in your interpersonal um, relationships and people that you are under or people that you are leading um, practice not oversharing. And if you're, if you, if you do want to share, um, there's this idea of emotional consent. We talked about it earlier of, you know, like be choosy. This is probably the second thing is like be choosy and intentional of who you entrust yourself to. And these first two things probably speak to more in, in like interpersonal things, but at the grand scheme of like, if this is practice on a one-on-one level and multiple different relationships throughout the community, you're going to grow and prosper the community. Um, and so asking before <laughs> like hey marcus like can i actually process something with you like there's something deep in my heart and i just can i can i share that with you and so instead of like me verbal vomiting from a place of insecurity there's actual permission for you to receive me and now you being the recipient you're mentally and emotionally prepared to receive me or you can say hey i'm actually not there right now but maybe like later today it just creates a space where both parties are are honored and present and able to receive one another and empower, encourage, and edify one another. You know, um, I think another thing is like uh, <laughs> learn how to like be okay with confrontation. Um, I think there's something to be said about like open and honest communication. Where like if I'm not feeling something, I I'm going to practice, like, I want to practice telling you, like, hey, I appreciate the invite, but I'm actually not going to go out. And by being honest with yourself and honest with people, I think that produces, like, A, like, obviously healthy, like, sustained communication, but then B, like, you're exercising kindness towards yourself and kindness towards other people. Because if I'm feeling spread thin and I just need a night, night in and I'm afraid to say no to someone, I show up to this gathering or I show up to this thing and they expect me to be present. I'm now 40% capacity for this person. And they're not like, they're not getting the full me, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a rabbit trail that we can go on here. Um, hold on, let me move my notes so I get some other tips. But um, I think in a person like, like if, for like specifically for people going out, I think there's that whole idea of like um, building intentional relationships. So like last night I hosted a dinner with four friends because I wanted to talk to them about like this concept of community. And there are four people I love dearly. They've spoken to my life. They know a lot about me and they've commute, like they've been consistent in holding space for me. And so like that has happened because it took eight months of like texting them or like hanging out and all these different things. And now I'm going to carve out this time and space where it's just us. It's that intention. It's the intentionality behind it. Um, and honestly, I think there's so many things to say. And you're probably like, oh, my goodness, who's this guy? Why to ask him? That? <laughs> Why to interview him? He's so annoying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this whole idea of like, um, get healthy, like do what you can to be emotionally, mentally healthy and just like, um, and, and just fight for that you know 
um, be consistent, show up. Um, I don't even know what number tip we're on, but like I'm just spitting out things and hopefully I'm trying to like connect everything that we talked about. Um, and I, I would say like, um, maybe probably the last thing, just so I cut myself off here. Um, probably the last thing is to remember that it's not about you. Like it, community is not about you. It's about being together. Um, and you might have a position of influence. You may have like this incredible talent that people look up to you. You may have this gifting. You might have like a prophetic gift or you can preach and all these different things. You're intelligent, but don't rely on that gift. Like lay your life down um, and just understand like, it, I, I don't know how else to say it, but like, get over yourself, you know, um, if you're offended and you don't want to do things because this and that and you're being dramatic, like that's an opportunity for you and an invitation for you to maybe assess your heart with the Lord and just say like, like, what's up? Like what's going on in your heart? Um, cause people are not themselves when they're offended or like, when they're not emotionally, mentally healthy, they're just not themselves. You know, they're not fully present. And then people get this idea of you and this perception of you, whether it's good or bad, they make this perception of you. And then you feel like shame because now you're not living up to that person's perspective of you. And I don't know, it's a mess. And so um, <laughs> I feel the, I feel like I'm spiraling here, uh, not knowing where to go. But yeah, I mean, was that helpful? I don't know. You're good at summarizing things. Summarize these things for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do think, and I think the one thing to kind of point out uh, is that when you have a healthy community, you can get a lot of things done. And yeah. the point of this episode yeah. wasn't to like say one community is better than the other, but it's to address right. differences between the two. Yeah. And I liked what you said. Like the remaining community we grew up to, we grew up in was ve it's very consistent, has a lot of its pros. But then the multi-ethnic community that you're a part now also has a lot of pros as well. And I was just thinking about you know, as you, as you were, you were giving these, as you were giving these tips, um, how we both benefited leading up to this episode with our two different communities. Um, mm -hmm. you were saying that leading up to this episode, you reached out to a lot of people that, that are close to you, that, that pour out into you and you were able to gather perspective from them. And that's mm -hmm. something that you develop through this healthy community that you're planted in. Right. And for me, I'm thinking back, I'm like, man, if I didn't have this community, Right. I would have no guests. I mean, I'm, I'm on episode 31 right now. Dang, that's uh, episode 31, and I'm ha I, I have an opportunity to reach out to people that I either know, kind of know, or don't know. But it's through this community that I'm growing up in that I have access to these people. And then obviously the whole the listener the listener base is is people through this community. If I didn't have this, who knows if I, this podcast would be going on? So that's just an example of how God's working in two different types of community and how important it is to have that. And it, I, I just kind of had this realization right now as, as you were giving these tips, it's, 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 it's crazy to think how important it is to, to be rooted in one because you see yeah. God work in so many different ways, whether it's cultivating perspective, cultivating ideas from people who are close to you, people who trust you, people who you trust in. And then, um, also wow. using ministry to connect with people and kind of using an online platform to, to not only reach them, but reach others outside the boundaries that have been set. So, I don't know. I, I just, that, that really kind of, I don't know. It's just like a revelation I kind of just had. And it's, and it's, it's, it just kind of drives to the point of why we're doing this episode because using the gifts that God has given you to build this community is very important. I think that 
we were called to be in in a, in a body, right? Not just by ourselves. We're not we're not freelancers. We're not just doing our own thing. We're, we're kind of connected. <laughs> we're not freelancers of the church. Dang, yes. that's amazing. Wow, <laughs> that's convicting. And I think you know, just kind of reiterate what you said. Um, one of my friends at, C- at Christ for Nations in Dallas, which, hey, if you're looking, you don't know what to do with your life and you're transitioning out of college, like highly recommend just go to Steve and I for like a year or something and watch the Lord just unfold your heart. Um, but my friend, Joan Costa from Brazil, he was so adamant of like, man, wherever you are, serve the vision of the house, serve the vision of the pastor, serve the vision of the Lord of that, in that house and get planted wherever actually him and a guy named Sebi Krishan in Chicago he's kind of like a big brother to me um he would always say bro like he reached out maybe six or seven eight months ago um where honestly there was a point where it's like I don't know if I'm feeling Denver I I feel like maybe the Lord's telling me to go back to Dallas but really it came from a place of like this is hard and his his um his text the timing of his text was honestly divine and he's like hey bro just get planted get planted get rooted be rooted in that place um, because there's something about like just consistency and stability. And like, if you're church hopping, you're moving places all this up, all, like all the time, like every six months, every year, it's really hard for you to cultivate relationship, but also for you to actually really be known by people and receive love in those spaces where you feel like you're unlovable. And so just like, again, to hit the nail, you hit the nail on the head of like, wherever you like, just, just choose, decide, and get planted and lay your life down. Serve the, serve the vision of the house. Serve people. Love people. Pursue Jesus. Love people. And watch it. Like, it's this whole idea, like, in, in Nehemiah, right? He told um, the command for all the people was, like, build the wall in front of your house. You know? Build that wall. Right? Because if, like, if you're so, spending so much ten- attention trying to help your neighbors without first building your wall, there's exposure. And then there's, like there's a gap for the enemy to come in, right? And so this, again, the principle here is like, build what's in front of you, steward what's in front of you. If the Lord has placed people in your life, has placed you in this community, there's, you're noticing like an increase, like connection with certain people, like certain friends or girls or guys, or whatever, in that relationship, I'm not even talking about romance, but like steward it well, invite the Lord into that, ask intentional questions, you know, um, carve out time, be careful with your time, be honest in your communication, lead, you can lead and still be humble and teachable. And so end of the day, like make a decision, decide, love God, pursue Jesus, love people and be free from offense. Like, (laughs) I don't know what else to say. Love Jesus, love people, live a life free of offense and get over yourself. Seriously. (laughs) I need to tell myself that. So, yeah. And I I know you kind of like gave this overarching statement, but, um, As we wrap up this episode, not just, <laughs> yeah. as we wrap up this episode, um, what's one thing you want to leave for the listeners? Like one, like overarching statement that they can take home and really kind of oh, yeah. just take to heart about our topic today about, you know, cultivating this community and kind of building relationships with people within our community. What's one thing that you want to leave the, leave them with today? Wow. Um, that's hard. Okay, I'm gonna try to say two things in one sentence. Sure. It doesn't have to be one sentence. It could be a statement. Like it could be like a couple (laughs) sentences. I I would say, man, like be like be honest and be kind. You know, I I think 
just honest with yourself, honest with people. That's what I mean by that. And in terms of kindness, be kind to yourself, be kind to people. And kind isn't nice. Like Jordan Peterson talks about this all the time. Like, don't be nice. <laughs> um, nice is passive. Kindness is actually confrontational. Kindness is is an is a fruit of love. Um, it's a fruit. Of, it's a fruit of the spirit. And like kindness to me, like I think all the the the, the fruits of the spirit, like. I think people like taking a very feminine approach sometimes like, Oh, it's just like gentle and like all these different things be gentle and like do this. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. but like, I think there's an element where it's masculine and kindness in its masculine form is confrontational, yeah. you know, I'm not saying like men or female or whatever. And let's start talking about the dominance there or the difference in that, just like in this nature of like confrontation, because kindness will confront someone in their, in their mess of like, Hey, like, I love you. I want to cover you but you're hurting yourself, you know? And kindness is also like willing to repeat itself. And so, yeah, be honest and be kind. I think that's kind of the thing and, and love the Lord. <laughs> Read your Bibles. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, yeah. Nachis, for being on here. Thank you for your insight, for just opening up your story for other people to kind of, for other people to get a perspective on what what's what God's been working through your life and how 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 your your experience changed and how how you're just living for the Lord right now. But I, I really truly appreciate you being on here and sharing your story. Yeah, Marcus, thank you so much. It's been a gift to steward this time with you and to hold space. So uh number 31, number 32, which one is Multinaite, as they say. So bless you, bro. This is amazing. And uh you're doing good work. So honor to be here. Amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And uh, as I do on every episode, not just if people want to find you on the internet, on social media, uh, <laughs> yeah. where where can they find you? Where can they reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, probably Instagram. It's probably the easiest way. Uh, it's just the easiest way to steward connections. And I think my username is uh, at n underscore Ardelian Ardelian. That's N underscore A-R-D-E-L-E-A-N. That's probably the best way. I'm not going to give out my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Don't, uh, I would recommend that you don't. Um, if they don't already have it from all the texts they got from you over the years, you know, you never know. <laughs> um, but I'll definitely tag your social media in the in the Instagram post and uh, just to have it over there. But um, thanks again for being here. And listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope that uh, this conversation was fruitful. I hope that you really gain some perspective on what community you're in and how to just explore the world. And, and, and if, if God places you somewhere else, how to react, how to be, what is, what is God calling you to be? So I, I appreciate that you are tuning in and that you're listening um, this far into it. So thank you guys again. Uh, follow us on our Instagram at the Potter's house for any and all updates. Uh, you can uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, other podcast platforms, as I said earlier, that purple icon on your iPhone, please scroll down, tap the stars. It'll really help the exposure of the show. iTunes has a certain algorithm that the more ratings that they have, the more exposed the show pops up on their lists or whatever. So I'm not really sure how that works, but it does. And also, if you want to leave a written review, I am very encouraged by them. And uh, like I did earlier, I will read them out loud on the episode. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate all of your support and uh, we will see you next time.